Randonista podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this is the podcast that strives to bring humanity and human stories back to the conversations around bicycles. For today's episode, uh, you know, I like to change up my format every so often, and I just want to let everyone know that there will be no game today because I had some really amazing guests on this week who are experts in each of their fields, and I wanted to give them the space to really talk about and dive into different things. So we'll have slightly longer segments instead so that you can really hear the voices of all of my guests for a bit longer. Today in bike news, I have my co-host, Tiffany. You might remember her from a few episodes ago. She came on and spoke with Peter Chung about how she really wants to elevate um you know, our wheelie kids and our really talented riders, youth riders, BIPOC riders in this area. And so I I thought she'd be a great person to talk about this article that came out this past year called The Real Problem with the Wheelie Kids, which, spoiler alert, is really about everyone else's attitudes. So we'll dive into that. Uh, Friends on bikes eating dessert, Remy and Zay, who I, you know, just started riding with this year, joined me to discuss my latest winter obsession for when you can't train outside, Zwift. And then for the deeper look, we'll talk to co-founder of Cambridge Bike Giveback, Lonel Roberts-Wells, about how he was really inspired to give back to this community that he loves. And then we'll round out, of course, with your Watson moment. So I think that's enough intro. Let's head to Bike News. Bike News. Today's co-host, you're going to recognize her voice. She was on a few episodes ago talking about um, riding with the youth and trying to get an awesome team of BIPOC riders together. Uh, Today, I have Tiffany back as my co-host. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Laura Gray. How are you? Nice to be here. (laughs) Pulling out the whole names. Tiffany Kogel. Yeah, (laughs) I got it. I learned. Um, Tiffany, what's what's your bike joy this week? Or, you know, anytime, but for so this. I'll give you two. I'll give you one more of immediate joy and just like an overall one. Sure. So my immediate bike joy is that because of the weather, I haven't really been able to get on my e-bike, my mm-hmm. lovely, beautiful e-bike that's literally as long as one of the walls in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and my bike joy around that is because it has such a really nice basket that Charles had installed uh, onto my bike um, at Crimson Bikes. I put a flower in it. Oh, I love that. It looks so cute. <laughs> it looks very, very cute. And I just missed being on it. So mm-hmm. I moved the um, my kitchen table around and I just did a, a few back and forths. And I was like, I really can't wait to get outside on my bike. I turned the, 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 um, battery on and it was just like, you know, I really do miss my bike. So it mm-hmm. did bring me joy. So I'm look, it's something to look forward to, to get me out on the street as soon as I feel like I can do that safely. 
So that's that's the first bike joy. And the other thing is our dear friend Peter <clears throat> has been doing Peter things. <laughs> Riding around in the snow, I think is what Thank you're referring you, dear. to. You already know. You already know. <laughs> and um I had a meeting with him and it was dur- I think it was Friday when it was literally sleeting and myself and- Yes, it was you. And <laughs> that's right. Because we were talking with Galen from, yeah. from Mass Spike. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you were there. See? Um, can't get away from Laura. <laughs> um, and we were just having that conversation. Like, I love watching your stories. You always encourage me so much to ride my bike. It's great to see people riding successfully, safely out in the winter. But, dude, like, today's not the day. Don't go out there in that ice. And I think that even though he had decided that he wasn't going to, he was kind of sort of thinking about it. And I'm like, Mm. yeah, nah, not today, dude. So Peter is my constant source of bike joy. And uh, he and people uh, like our friends, uh, a lot, many of our co-organizers for Ride for Black Lives who ride during inclement weather, you being one of them, um, is always my inspiration and joy because I feel like I live vicariously through you because I got 52 year old knees and they can't come into contact with pavement. So I'll, you know, vicariously live through your joy during the winter months. <laughs> I mean, I even live vicariously through Peter. There are a couple of times where I was like, oh, you know, it's not that bad out. It'd be kind of fun to like, just go around the block real quick. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm going to stay in the warmth of my apartment with my Safety dog. Work because we need <laughs> the ankles and the knees to function at a later time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my bike joy is the fact that, uh, speaking of inclement weather, not being able to get outside. Oh, well, half of my bike joy is the fact that it is supposed to be warmer and sunnier this week. And I do plan on riding outside later this week, okay. which would be great. But the other side of that is that I got very into um, riding on my bike trainer. I actually have a whole segment coming up after this new segment um, talking specifically about Zwift. But the reason it gives me bike joy, and you'll hear me talk about it in a little bit, is the fact that I found this community of people who are doing it with me. So it's kind of like your accountability buddies, but it's also people who, you know, just kind of shoot the breeze with you on, you know, we're all on video chat because we're all sweating. So who cares? And most of the time we don't talk about anything biking related. We're just kind of chit-chatting with each other. Oh, how'd that interview go? How's this thing in your life going? Uh, you know, we have some really deep conversations sometimes. And so that just like, it's a great distraction when you're doing a hard workout and it, it, it's really keeping me motivated. So that's been my bike joy recently. Okay. So serious conversations, sweat and pedaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's I been pretty great. That. That's, nice. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, great. Well, let's jump into some infrastructure updates that occurred to me recently that, uh, a lot of the updates I give tend to be around where I live. So I got to make sure that I, I brought in the spectrum a little bit, there are a couple of really good, um, updates that I want to make sure we touch on. So the first is the Arbor way in Jamaica plain. Uh, mm-hmm. there is currently 
um, four proposed alternative designs for how they want to add bike lanes to that area looking between Fenway and Franklin Park. Mm-hmm. There's They want to do like separated paths all along the Emerald Necklace area. Um, right. And they're asking for feedback. And I will have a link to it in the show notes, but that they want you to re, um, they want you to provide the feedback by February 10th. So hopefully you're listening to this right away or you see it in my stories in the next week. Um, and you take care of that because uh, this episode comes out the day that the feedback is coming out. So if you're listening to it same day, make sure to give some feedback. Um, and in general, a really good project to keep an eye on. And then the other one that I wanted to make sure uh, that we touched on is the Charles Street bike lanes. They've been talking about doing protected bike lanes there for a while, and that would be both directions. So you'd have a two-way protected bike lane on a, you know, a main connector between the Longfellow Bridge and like the uh, Boston Common area. Uh, it's something that I have seen bikes travel the wrong way. I've mostly walked my bike on the sidewalk, but I've also tried to, you know, go upstream there. It's very difficult and it's a big path for people. So I know they want to make sure that people are paying attention to that and getting more people signing the petition because they're trying to get, um, a certain amount of signatures. I think they're looking at 1500 and they have about 1100 right now. So we want to push that petition up over the edge. And then the last thing that I will shout out here is Malcolm X Boulevard in Roxbury. They want to start the conversation. This is the Boston Cyclist Union specifically wants to start the conversation about how do we get a two-way cycle track there Mm -hmm. to be implemented on Warren Street going through uh, the Nubian Square area. And um, they are just looking for people to reach out to them at this point. So the community organizer uh, Malaysia, she's looking for people to, to connect with them. So I'll have the information for that. Um, there's Boston cyclist union email that you can reach out to them. If you're interested in getting involved in that project, Whew. that was a lot of an info that was some good update, Laura. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I know that you're, you know, connected with all the infrastructure things and people and authorities and um, that's great for you because you're like in the know and you have those connections. How would somebody, if they don't have those connections, stay up to breast on what's uh, up for infrastructure improvements? Because we know that community engagement is very, very important. And, um, you know, we like to tell people what's going on, but maybe they're not listening at the time when we happen to be speaking mm-hmm. or they're just not connected to all the things. But we know that without community participation, your, your voice isn't heard. So it's important for us to really understand how we can connect to these things so that if it's something we care about, we can lend our voice. Um, Tiffany, love that you're flipping the script on me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I have a couple of ways I try to keep an eye on it. A lot of it is emails. I'm on a lot of newsletters. Um, That can be tough though, because it's really easy to not look at them. Yeah. Uh, One way that I see all this stuff happening around me, because I've talked a lot lately about like the Mass Ave bridge issues, which I've not seen any more incidents of people throwing cones, thankfully, uh, because we talked about that a lot on my last episode Um, and things that are happening with Memorial Drive. That stuff actually 
comes up through next door a lot because there's a lot of angry Cambridge yes. drivers who will I complain imagine. about things. Yeah. So I keep an eye on it that way. But for these updates, I actually went to um, the Boston Cyclist Union dot org because they have all of their campaigns shout out tiffany is a board member uh and so they have a really nice way of letting you know everything that's happening right now and following along uh and then you can look at things like mass bike and any of the other organizations in the area that are doing things uh, would be my recommendations for staying involved but sometimes you do have to make an effort to pay attention because it's really easy to not hear it it or not see it yeah yeah so now is a good time for me to like interject and just say thank you cyclist gray i've never called you that before i don't like it it when um i was watching one of the episodes of um gray's anatomy oh somebody said something and i was like oh my god i immediately thought of you i was just like dr gray like Mm -hmm. anyway so when i when I watch Grey's Anatomy, just wanted to say that um, I think of you because Aww, of you, right? I'm so touched. <laughs> That's way better than the guy at the store once who saw my last name and like tried to make a Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Oh, and oh, I was like, oh, no, oh. no, yes. no, 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 no. Um, but it's really funny how few people actually know my last name because I don't tend to put it on anything. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Lara works. You know yeah. what we're talking about. No, it's fine. I was just teasing. You can call me that. <laughs> I think it's really cute, personally. So I like I'm still gonna call you in my head when it comes on my mouth. <laughs> to- totally fine. Uh, great. Well, um, those were the quick <clears throat> updates. So I want to jump into the fun part, if you can <laughs> call it that, for today. But I, I always like to round out this segment with. Uh, a discussion of a big news, something that's been happening. And this week, especially with Tiffany here, um, because she's the perfect co-host to talk about this, we talked about something very similar earlier in her episode. You can go back and listen to it. I believe it was episode four or five. Um, Just shout out for new listeners who want to go back and hear Tiffany speak more. We want to bring up an article that is called The Real Problem with Wheelie Kids. To some, the sight of black and brown kids expressing themselves on bikes is a threat, and that needs to change. Uh, I don't know if I love the name of the article, but I love the intent of the article. And I know you read it as well, Tiffany, but just as a brief history for everybody else, um, and I will again have the link, but it is on bicycling.com, which might have a paywall, so I apologize if you can't actually see it. But in this article, it really touches on the fact that there's this culture uh, around the wheelie kids, these are kids who, you know, take their bikes out and go for rides on their bikes. And that's how they engage with their community. That's how they get out of their houses. That's how they, you know, live their lives is riding their bikes. And as we talked about on Tiffany's episode, they're extremely talented at it. Um, But unfortunately, this culture, uh, which they have little quotes around that is seen as a threat because people who aren't part of it, just they don't understand it. Um, so Tiffany, I'm going to put give it to you. I know you have some thoughts on this. Eh, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll just follow your lead and, and let's just first call a thing a thing. It's racism. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, anytime we feel uncomfortable or we have biases against something that we are not personally a part of and manufacturer um, opinions or, or, or prejudices about that thing without really taking the time to understand. And we all do it. We do it automatically. And that's a human thing. And unfortunately, that's a result of being, you know, um, indoctrinated in, in the society that we live in. And so, you know, I don't I don't fault people for that because that that happens, you know, just organically. It's how we choose to react uh, to that stimulus of bias. And, and so in this case, we're talking about these amazing children uh, and young adults who have figured out the laws of physics pertaining right. to their body and how to literally defy gravity. I, I always call them superheroes because I've only seen people on movies and in comic books do stuff like this. And without any formal training, just literally practicing and learning to understand things that they probably don't even realize that they're mastering, like the laws of physics and gravity and, you know, like algebra and how to space themselves apart and understand how to be able to look at an object at a certain distance away and say, I need to do this, this, that, and the other to be able to pick up enough velocity of enough velocity so that if I pull my bike just a certain way, I'll be able to clear. It's like, what? <laughs> just amazing. I mean, now as very a mother, impressive. very impressive. As a mother, you know, my heart drops just a little bit. And it's like, I'm everybody's mama when we're driving down the street. My kids are on the car, they sink down and they're like, oh, mortified. But I'm like, just don't die. I don't know who your mama is, but on her behalf, don't die. Just, you know. Um, and so I love watching these kids express themselves. It is an art form. As we just discussed, it is just, it's superhero-ish. It's just amazing what they can do. Um, and they're so sure of themselves. That's the one thing that always gets me is there is no fear, but it's not unadulterated fear to the point where they're doing things that they don't know what they're doing and just taking, you know, nonsense risks. They know what they're doing. They're experienced in what they're doing and they practice a lot. And so I think one of the things that really bothers me is, yes, they're doing stunts, not very different than kids who, are, uh, who, who ride BMX and compete in competitions in California and in the Midwest and, and uh, you know, over in California and Hawaii. Not very different, except they're not getting the formal training and they don't have the sponsorships and the money and the huge open space for them to be able to practice, right? They're practicing this stuff, usually inner city streets and on streets where cars are driving, buses, trucks, you know, all that stuff. Um, what I've seen, and it's it's very disturbing, is that there will be times that the traffic is moving and these young superheroes are going about their, their business and, you know, implementing tricks and things like that. And you get a lot of drivers and passersby, people walking on the street, pedestrians, just, you know, in awe and appreciating what they're doing. And then you have this group of drivers who become angry 
for whatever reason. Um, I think that regardless of what color you are, we, I think, have all been able to either um, been able, we've experienced it or we've heard of it or we've seen it, that some drivers get very angry at just the sight of a cyclist on the road. It's a very territorial colonizing thing. And it's like, this should, you know, we, we've been ingrained to, to, it's been inculcated, you know, this car culture and nobody else is supposed to share a road, maybe other than like, you know, a motorcycle, but that has its own racist connotations, but I digress. Anyway, I've seen cars do really weird things like get really close to these, these cyclists who happen to be, you know, teenagers, babies, you know, or they'll go around them and stop short and slow down. And, you know, I don't understand what that is. I don't understand why it's impossible for some people. You don't, it's like on social media, you don't like it, scroll, unfollow, unfollow. It's like, no, I got to show you that I don't like you being here, right? It's, it's, it's racism. And I say it's racism because um, this culture, this art form of wheelies and doing tricks on the street is predominantly Black. And people of color have for years engaged in this kind of art form, right? And I think when people see these young kids, it's an automatic, you know, like shaking like their finger, they shouldn't do that, that's dangerous, right? But then they'll do things to cause more harm or danger by the way they drive, right? Or the way they speak about it. And they encourage other people to also adopt those biases. Um, I really hope that, you know, you had just talked about infrastructure changes. I really hope that in the very soon coming years, whether it's in the next year or uh, next, soon, soon, y'all, all y'all infrastructure people. Um, that we understand that everyone deserves space. And so whether it's a park, whether it's a dirt road, I don't care where it is, we owe it to people to reserve space for them to be free and to be, be able to practice that in whatever modality, whether it's running, jumping, gymnastics, riding a bike, riding skateboards, riding scooters, understanding that this is people's right, but it's also just a really good thing, especially coming off of, you know, COVID and the pandemic and, you know, people being stuck in their homes. You know, some of us have gained some weight and we just haven't really gotten outside. And we know that it's very important. We all understand that um, it's very crucial to mental health, to our, all, all of our mental health, to be able to get out move our bodies, you know, uh, express ourselves, all the things that were, you know, drastically impeded during the pandemic. And this just happens to be the way that these kids express themselves. They're out getting exercise, they're, they're um, practicing their craft, they're in community with other kids who are doing the same thing that they're doing. Um, I, I really just hope that infrastructure wise, we create space for them number one, and also that somebody with some money 
will see these kids um, outside of just us fundraising for for them to continue their craft and hopefully get to the point where they can compete uh, in BMX racing or or whatever what, whatever the case may be. Um, but they should be sponsored. They're natural athletes, natural talent. Just imagine what they could do if they had uh, just a little support. And it's definitely one of those things that we can say is a sport that was created by the culture. Uh, and I would just love to see where they could take this. Yeah. And I think just to, to round out this whole discussion before we sign off on the segment, I think the thing we need to come back and remember is that they're human and that they're, they're kids, they're young adults. Like we need to foster what they're doing, not try to, you know, quash them, not try to use othering language, not try to treat them like they're an it they're, Mm -hmm. they're human and they should be treated that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I, I, I also want to throw in there that we really, really need to start challenging ourselves and challenging ourselves around our belief system. Uh, I think there's like the first question we can always ask ourselves when we realize that we're having a very strong uh, reaction to something, uh, particularly like seeing the kids riding their bikes. It's like, why am I upset? What is the reason? Is what, and then the second is, is what they're doing hurting me or hurting them? I mean, one could argue, oh, what they're doing is so dangerous, but I, I just challenge you to watch them for one minute. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're not doing anything any more dangerous than somebody with a Vespa scooter or a Harley Davidson does. But those things are, you know, a little more adjacent to whiteness. So they happen to be a little bit more accepted. Right. Um, And so those are the two things that I challenge people to question and ask themselves uh, if they seem to have like a a rise or a negative reaction when they see these kids or anything else um, they see black and brown people doing in the street, taking up space. I love that. Uh, I think that is the perfect sentiment to round out this segment. I like that. It's also almost like a call to action for all the listeners. Think, think about why you're reacting the way you are. Um, a good lesson for everyone, no matter where you are in life. And thank you, Tiffany, for being here. That was bike news. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I loved being your co-host for the day. Yeah. And we'll see each other soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. For this edition of Friends on Bikes Eating Dessert, uh, I got to admit right up front that I did not do a great job of getting my guests dessert, um, but we do have a chat chain now called Dessert Friends, and that will happen. There will be follow-up on it, but I want to say a big thank you uh, to Remy and Zay, who are joining me today to talk about Zwift. I have mentioned it a handful of times on the show. Um, My friend Greg and I went over a little bit what it was, but I wanted to dive a little deeper. It's winter. There's currently a giant coat of ice on the ground outside of my window. Um, So how do we, you know, keep riding through all of that? So thank you, Zay and Remy for coming and chatting with me on Zoom today. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, Let's start at the beginning. Uh, Remy, I think you're the one who's been riding the longest. You want to let us know how long you've been doing it and a little bit about what Zwift is? Uh, Riding on Zwift 
gosh, when did I really start? Maybe 2018, late 2018. I thought you were about to say 20 years. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I Though, where would I be if I'd been on for 20 years? I don't mm. think it existed 20 years ago. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the short story of how I got there, you know, must have been 2016, going into 2017, I got into a cycling club and everything was great. It was fun. Just having a good time, not super serious about it. Then into 2017, it's like, oh, hey, you're making some progress. You can get into the B group. Okay, great. <laughs> Happy in the B group. I'm working, working. 2018 is coming around. And I noticed one of the other guys in the B group, you know, it's my first ride of the season and he is blazing. I'm like, Mark, what are you, what are you taking, bro? What's, what's going on? And, you know, as we are talking, I'm realizing wait, how have you been riding this whole time? What do you mean? This is my first time back on my bike since the last time we rode in October. How have you been continued to train and get better? Oh, you've been riding all winter on Zwift. I'm like, dude, what the heck is that? And he took me deep down the rabbit hole and I've been in it since. Oh, I love that. Zay, what's your, what's your story? How'd you get here? You know, Remy and I have known each other for a while. And just so happened that I think he saw at some point that I was on a bike. He's like, yo, you ride too? And I was like, yeah. And we got, we started getting together. Um, I remember that day. And <laughs> doing, you know, like some pretty serious rides, you know, we, we would, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles. And he was the one actually that was like, so uh, I'm going to start turning in for the season. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, I guess it's over for me. And he's like, nah, like, we're <laughs> let me tell you about this program. Um, <laughs> let me take you with me. <laughs> Yeah. Come here real quick. I'll, let me show you the way. So, uh, yeah. So I ended up going on Facebook Marketplace, found um, the trainer that I wanted, um, and a couple of other accessories. And you know, it was all reasonable within the budget that I had. Um, so that's kind of how I'm here. And, and the other people that I want to give a shout out to are uh, Brothers on Bikes and Women on Wheels. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely kicked me into a higher gear of being more consistent with cycling and just finding a big community um, that was really supportive. Um, so shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. I would not get through these training programs without that group. Um, let's talk about a little bit what, what it is. So um, my friend Greg described it as uh, he had such eloquent words that I wrote down and meant to look up before this, but basically the idea was like a virtual uh, workout video game that you can kind of go at your own pace. Um, but it's, it's very gamified. You kind of like level up and earn badges. So, um, but that's, you know, very surface level, uh, Remy, why don't you take us through a little bit kind of what it is? Well, uh, you know, you hit on some of the key points that got me in the door, uh, cause you gotta like it. Right. Like you got to mm -hmm. have fun with whatever you're doing at the you got to look forward to it if it's going to work, if it's going to stick. And, you know, before just to be transparent, before I even got into Zwift, I looked at some of the alternatives and different programs out there. And there are a couple of competitors. And I thought Zwift was, you know, junk. I didn't like the way it looked visually. Um, but as I tried some of the other competitors and, you know, came back to Zwift, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this just makes sense. And what it is, the the what, is I look at it as, yes, it's a virtual world. It's like a treadmill for your bike, <laughs> right, where, you know, the weather is crap outside. 
you can't go out and run, you don't feel like it, it's dark, it's unsafe, whatever, hop on the treadmill. Well, what's the option for cycling when it's too dark, when it's too cold, when it just slushed for however many hours outside? Well, get in your garage. And the thing that I love most about it is that it is your real bike. You know, a lot of these like kind of stationary don't fit like, you know, you get accustomed to riding your actual bike outside and then the fit is not the same when you get on some other bike-like accessory. This is taking that same bike that you've had molded and fit to your dimensions and then you slap that on the trainer and as you pedal, you're moving in the real in the virtual world and you're, you know, gaining the distance, getting that fitness and it doesn't hurt that you're getting the stars and collecting the little points and unlocking new gear so your guys got all the, you know, jerseys and stuff on. So yeah, it definitely keeps it, um, makes it possible to keep going even when the conditions are against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my avatar, I just unlocked these really cool like Wayfarers, put them on immediately. They look super dope. <laughs> it's um, all about the dope gear. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, what we're getting at is it's, it's your bike. It's, you know, you put it on a trainer and then you kind of have your own avatar that you're watching on the screen so that you can see, you know, these virtual worlds, they're, you know, real places, but they're not, it's a, it's a game, but, uh, you know, one of them is like the Champs-Élysées it's, it's not, but it is, uh, which is cool. But the nice thing about it is that depending on your gear, usually you can, uh, go, you can kind of feel the hills, like as you're starting to ride uphill, your bike's going to get a little bit harder to ride on, um, and so on and so forth. So, uh, that brings me kind of to the next part of this actually, which is setup. So I think something for me that I actually learned mm. this year was that you can do this for not that expensive. When I started really Zwifting, yeah, I, I was under the impression that I needed the smart trainer. I needed all of this stuff to get started. And really that's not true. So, um, what, what are, what are your setups? Zay? what's, what do you got? Um, so I was under the impression that I was going to bike a lot, which I have been. Um, so I was like, you know, this is a good time for me to spend a little bit more. It also Mm -hmm. coincided with a purchase of a new bike. So I ended up buying a carbon frame around the same time that ended up nice. my Zwift setup. So I have a direct drive trainer for mm-hmm. people who don't know what that is. Um, you take off your rear wheel and you attach it to um, the trainer in the same way you would a wheel. So it just, um, it ties onto the cassette um, and the chain goes on that. And I also have a small desk in front of me with my laptop, which is where I run Zwift through. And then I have a fan in front of me, which if you've ever done indoor training and you don't have a fan, (laughs) 10 minutes is enough to just like completely wipe you out. So I got one of the fancy ones where like it has a heart rate strap and it's nice because when you first get on, it doesn't immediately like kick into high gear. So it doesn't like make you super cold, Um, but you don't need that. Any fan can work. Um, I like my setup. Um, I'm happy with it. But as you said, uh, there's very affordable options out there Mm -hmm. um the best thing that i like about my setup is it's pretty quiet um Mm -hmm. so if you do live in an apartment or a home where you have to consider other people around you 
it is something to think about buying like a direct drive style of trainer, but it's not mandatory and it shouldn't be what stops you from doing training throughout the winter and just having something fun to do also. Cause you know, we've been going through the pandemic for a little over two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have gotten into biking, uh, whether that be indoors, you know, through Peloton or Zwift or any other method that you have. But the great part is people are being active. People are finding outlets and that's really important right now. Mm-hmm. Remy, what's your setup? Uh, well, it's, it's a little bit of a hybrid setup. So, you know, if Zay is somewhere more closer to the premium setup. I know you um, put mine to shame. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice. It's, it's nice. I, I, I like what you got going on. Um, mine is more of a Frankenstein, uh, kind of setup. Cause unlike Zay, uh, when I got my trainer, I wasn't sure how much I would actually use it. You know, it was, again, somebody else taking me in. And at the time, while I still enjoyed cycling a bunch, um, I was very much into marathon training. And I was like, run, 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 run. So I didn't know how much I would actually use it when I got it. Um, So I did get a wheel-on trainer. And what that means is standard trainer it does have a friction plate that spins so your rear wheel gets affixed onto this and as you pedal and your wheel spins this other mechanism spins in the opposite direction thus registering the movement and sending that over to Zwift and it's fine and to do that I also learned the hard way you need a trainer specific tire so you don't wear out your road tire on the trainer. Um, there are a couple of things you got to, you know, adjust for. Um, obviously, fan is a must. So I've got two of those going. Nothing fancy with the heart rate sensor, though. I see you. Um, <laughs> but I know I'm going to get hot. So I don't mind starting with the fans going with a hoodie on and then peeling that hoodie off because I'm in my garage. Nobody's around. I can make a racket. Um, the couple of things I did add is once I realized how much I was riding after a year riding on Zwift and then going back outside, I missed having the power data because, you know, everything's calculated in watts as you're riding. So I I made the decision, I'm just going to get a power meter, get those pedals onto my bike. So now I have the same power profile when I ride indoors on Zwift and take it outdoors so I can keep the training by the same metrics consistent and recently added a space heater because you know how cold it is out. Because you're in a um, garage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To get the garage warm. But where it does get a little bit more premium is I do have some space in the garage. I can make some noise. I have the laptop on a table, but then a 42 inch TV Ooh, up nice. in front where I can either get fully immersed into the into the game or stream some entertainment because mm-hmm. I kind of love that Zwift doesn't have any music on there because nobody would agree. Right. But, you know, I've got a screen. So on longer rides that are lower effort, I can throw something on and just kind of listen or watch or I can get all into it, have my avatar <laughs> nice and large and really feel like, hey, that guy in front of me, I'm going to chase him down. Yeah. Well- I'll trade you the uh, the heart rate monitor and the uh, the fan for that TV. How about that? <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I have, um, I have the same thing. I have a trainer, I have a smart trainer wheel on, um, my big upgrade I've been riding for a couple of years now. My big upgrade was the cadence sensor because I was doing the training programs, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and while it's nice to get all the Watts and I have a vague understanding of my own cadence, it's been really nice to actually see how fast my legs are moving. Uh, sometimes my legs are moving a little slower than they were asking for. So that's been a, a good uptick for me, but I'm in my basement, which, you know, it's kind of like the garage. It's pretty cold down there. I have a fan for when it's above 20 degrees out. Uh, but my biggest problem is just that it's, uh, it is a little noisy and, and my setup is directly below my roommate. So I have to pick and choose my times. But other than that, it's really convenient. And then a couple more things I was thinking about as we were chatting is just, um, you know, if you're thinking about doing something like this, some of the things to consider are, uh, can you just put your setup permanently somewhere? Um, mm. you know, my dream is to someday have a projector that I can put on the, uh, kind of do the same thing as your TV and yeah, get really put that 42 inch to shame. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, if you have the space, you can kind of create this whole setup, your Zwift cave as they like to call it. Uh, but some people don't have multiple bikes or that much space. So the nice thing about the wheel on trainers is that you can store them away or you can take your bike on and off pretty easily. Um, the other thing is when we're thinking about trainers, um, cause you know, part of why I started this podcast was really thinking about the everyday commuter. And so I'm just thinking through all the people say that we talk to who are just getting themselves set up. You can buy the really inexpensive trainer, you know, that's like 20, $25 off of marketplace. And you can get that power meter. You can get the cadence sensor, the heart rate monitors, whatever you're looking for, anything that will just basically the power is the bare minimum that you need to be able to show Zwift that you're moving forward. Um, and then you can kind of add on top of that. So you can join in pretty quickly. You'll just have to manually shift instead of, um, letting the trainer shift for you. So right. just, just wanted to kind of throw that out there for the audience, but. And as, uh, as a, a yeah. nice value add, just, um, to make some, especially for those who don't have multiple bikes, um, something that I explored and then I just have a garage full of bikes now is, <laughs> uh, get a spare wheel. Um, one of the things with the, the direct drive versus the wheel on is direct drive. Sure. You can just hop it off the trainer, throw your wheel back on and you're good to go. But when you have that trainer tire on for the wheel on trainer, changing the tire is much more time consuming than just popping the wheel on and off. Mm -hmm. So if you get a spare wheel with a cassette, keep them the same size. You can just pop one off, put the other one on and you're out the door, get back, throw it back on the trainer. Because it's always nice when you get that random really really nice day in late mm -hmm. march early april Ooh, i want to go outside but i'm not ready to put my setup away yeah definitely or, and and november too we've had a couple of those so. true <laughs> um and just for the the audience to clarify when we're saying that the you want a separate wheel or a separate tire i mean um that's because if you think about the friction of the the tire against you know that friction plate that we were that remy was explaining 
it wears down a lot quicker. So if you think about your tires on a hole, they wear down from riding outside after a while. This just wears down so, so much faster, um, having that really direct, hard contact constantly. So uh, just something to think about. It's not a requirement, again, to ride, but you might have to change your rear tire sooner than you expect it to. Um, great. Well, the, the next thing I want to talk about, and then we'll kind of wrap up with just any final tips and tricks is just talking about like, you know, we talked about what it is, but like, how, how do you use it? I think some people don't really, they can't quite visualize, okay, there's this avatar on the screen. I have my bike on my trainer, but now what, what, like, what do I do? How does it work? So do you want to take us through, you know, kind of free riding within the game and, and what else you can do? I mean, at the heart of Zwift is riding, right? It's still a game, but mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of ways that you can interact with that. You can just hop on and just move your legs on a given course. And if that has, you know, hills or downhills, you're going to feel that um, on the trainer. Um, it's going to adjust for those moments so that you have to pedal harder, um, faster, slower, et cetera. Or you can decide you want to do a specific training program Zwift has a bunch of them already pre-loaded. You could also do something like Training Peaks or all these other great um, websites that are out there that have individualized plans for you. So if your plan is during the winter time to get stronger between weight training and whatever other cross training you decide you want to do and have a specialized training program to meet some of the goals that you have, it's perfect. You know, you can just go on there, look at the menu. They plan it out for you for, you know, four, six, eight weeks, 12, whatever you're interested in doing. Um, so let's say we start to get into one of those training programs and you hop on your bike. What's going to happen at first is you do a little warm up, and then the game sort of like talks you through what your day is going to be like. And sometimes it's scary. You know, you look at it and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but it takes its time. And the best part about it is that Zwift is not going to force you to do more work than you are willing to push yourself to do. Mm -hmm. So um, there's like a star-based system. If you meet all of the goals that they've set, you get a star for that, you know, segment. And if you don't, that's fine. You're still going to get something out of it just by being on the bike and in movement and, you know, just enjoying yourself. So that's sort of kind of like the top level basics of getting on your bike, getting in, you know, into one of the programs and doing a ride. And that's for a training ride, mm-hmm. free rides. You can just stop when you want to. And another part of Zwift that's really cool is that you get to interact with other people in the world. Mm-hmm. And that could be a group ride amongst friends, or you could just tag on to someone else's ride or events that they also have um, within the game. Sorry, there's little little barks in the background. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing, um, and something that is really important for everyone to remember is, Zwift is here for you, and you're never going to get penalized for not doing everything on the screen. Um, even if you miss all of your stars, it doesn't matter. You still did the workout. If you missed a workout one week, you still go on to the next week of training. There's you're never going to get in trouble for not riding. Um, 
as far as Zwift is concerned, as long as you get on the bike and open their program every once in a while, they're happy. Uh, and so you get out of it what you put into it. But I, I feel like sometimes we will get really intimidated and, oh my God, there's so many trainings and uh, I don't know if I can do them all this week and everything going on. And, and I, I just want to say, take a deep breath. You, you know, if you're out there and you're doing it, you're, you're already winning. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point to remember too. Thinking of where I was, thinking that there was no training to be done over the winter. If it was a terrible day out, then that just means you weren't riding. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way to now, and I think this will be the first summer that I keep my Zwift active because the training has progressed to a point where. I actually like doing some of these sessions on Zwift and for anyone who, you know, free riding is awesome. Getting into the training programs are great, but even when it gets nice outside, I find that doing some of those trainings are even safer on Zwift where I can stay in my power zone, stay and do the, you know, prescribed workout without constantly looking over my shoulder Mm -hmm. or stopping a set in the middle of a intersection because, You know, and you work with it when you get a nice day, you're going to go outside. But also knowing that you can get a rainy summer day and you can get caught in something. Well, I'm just going to do that in the garage, too, and make sure I get the quality session in a controlled environment so I can continue to progress even if nature doesn't comply. Yeah, I think that's that was really well put. I, I often compare it to like a track session for a runner. They can go and they can sprint around on a track and they can do their sets and their meters and whatever it is. And it's really hard to replicate that on a bicycle. So even if you rode outside for a few hours, you could come home and do a quick 30 minute workout. There's, there's all different lengths. You, you're not, you don't have to be on the bike for two hours to make it quote unquote worth it. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. The one thing I do enjoy though about riding outside is those little breaks that you give your butt when uh, when you do have yes. to stop <laughs> at a light. Because <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but sometimes those rides just hurt <laughs> when you're indoors. So yeah. I, I, I've taken grace to myself sometimes and just like stopped for a quick second um, mm. and you know and paused and just regrouped and you know started back up again because it, it can just be a lot. <laughs> my first uh, my first climb up the uh Alp du Zwift Alpe which du is Zwift, their yes which is their version of the Alp d'Huez which if anyone doesn't know from the uh Tour de France that's you know one of the epic climbs that they do the coals as they call them um and so they have a version in the game I was like three-fourths of the way up it was taking longer than I expected because it's just straight uphill and my dog needed to go for a walk. I needed food. I just paused it. I came back like two hours later and finished it. You know what? I felt accomplished. It was totally fine. <laughs> yeah, there are all, all sorts of approaches. And, you know, to the point that Zay was making, you know, you've got, you know, free rides, you've got training sessions already built in. Um, and my biggest benefit is the link to training peaks. And that's just what I use. There are plenty of other ones, but my coach will schedule the workouts and exactly as they're dialed up here's what you got to do and they'll give them direct feedback on everything that you're doing the clubs are amazing the group rides are great you know there are events going on all the time and you can even use some of those events to do your own workout while Mm -hmm. you're still kind of chatting with other folks and then you know for replicating some of that outdoor feel you know 
a bunch of us, you know, I've ride with Zay on a regular basis. So we'll just be on Discord and, mm-hmm. you know, talking live and hanging out. And it, you know, you're still sweating, you're pedaling. I can see him, you know, we're suffering together. And that shared suffering makes everything just kind of, you know, that camaraderie, it, it's, it's there. And neither of us had to, you know, get in our cars and drive our bikes across town and then wait. And then when you're done, get back, though. The cafe stops after our rides have been epic. Cafe, brewery, you know. And, you know, although it's not part of the setup for Zwift, I think the, as just touching on what Remy said, the best part is sort of like having a video meet on the side so that you can interact with your friends because the chat feature isn't really all that fantastic within the game. But it's really hard when you're pedaling to uh, type with your, you know, with the companion app. And it's like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So having something like a Zoom or whatever, uh, Discord is what we use because it's free um, or Google Meets. Like there's tons of options out there, but whatever you can do to get a lot of faces in front of you all at the same time is what makes it just the most fun um, out of like training, you know, especially when it's super intense. As you said, Laura, like sometimes getting through these rides is just. Oh it my. feels nearly impossible, but when everybody else is suffering, you're like, all right, I got this. <laughs> we could do this. When I'm not the only one doing an hour and 45 minute training, it's great. Um, yeah. So I'm going to uh, kick us off with my tip, which is um, to not be afraid of going on video and doing the workout with friends. Cause the, you know, if you're riding <laughs> together, you would see each other's sweaty faces. You're all sweating together. As you said, it's a camaraderie thing. So I think, um, my, well, I'll say two things. One is just get in there and start trying things. There's a lot of online resources. The Zwift insider, uh, blog can kind of answer a oh, lot of so things. Good. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it definitely took me a while to really grasp everything you could do with this application. So, you know, just get in there and, and start moving is a good one. And don't be afraid to be on video with your friends riding. Cause it will make it feel like it's going by so much faster. Zaya, any final, uh, final tips? Uh, yeah, just, you know, as you said, get out there and have fun and biking is for everyone. So the more people we get out there, the better it is. And it's great to see a lot of different faces. Um, in the kind of community. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. That's okay. No worries. And get a fan. I promise. Please, Uh, please get a fan if you don't have one. That's definitely my biggest tip. (laughs) Definitely get a fan. You want to wait to uh, say bye to Remy before we take off here? Yeah, I think, I think he'll be right back. We'll give him a minute. Uh, Here he goes. Sorry. Everything all right? Yeah, yeah. So Remy, in case you missed it, all I said was, uh, you know, just everybody get out here and get a fan. (laughs) You need that fan. It is (laughs) the, if you're going to spend on anything, spend on a good fan. Nice. Uh, Do you have any final tips for the listening audience? Wow. Uh, Get on your bike Um, is is really it. The interesting thing about cycling and i guess like really any hobby is spoiler the more you do it the better you're gonna get and i know that's not necessarily the goal for everyone but the better you are the more fun you can have so that that suffering we all mentioned 
um, is part of that process, but I promise it, it sucks less. You know, you can have more adventures and go on more trips and be confident that, you know what? Yeah, we can take this cross town ride. We can take this, you know, hill climb to this wonderful scenic vista and we can do all these things. But just getting out and doing it and feeling miserable later, that's not something uh, Then I wouldn't do it again. Right. But the more you get out on your bike and the more you spend time in the saddle, the better you get, the more comfortable, the more confident. And then it just opens up a world of possibilities. You don't have to race, but the option to go on a backpacking holiday or a multi-day tour and just kind of cruise the ocean side becomes available to you. And you can enjoy it more when you're in a better condition to take it in and not just be huffing and puffing while you know, the birds are chirping and the waves are crashing. You can actually take it all in and like savor that. Oh, that was beautiful. And definitely where we're just going to wrap up. I'm not going to say too much more. Uh, just thank you so much for being here. And I promise we'll have a follow-up in the spring. That first really nice warm March day, we're going to get some dessert together. So uh, thank you, Zay and Remy for coming and speaking to me today. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you. I'm just going to jump right in. <laughs> Lonel, thanks for being here today. Uh, tell me more about your organization. Who are you? What do you do in the city? And uh, what's your connection to biking? So my name is Lonel Robert Wells. I grew up in Cambridge. I am one of the founders of Cambridge Bike Giveback. And we've been running this program for about like almost two years now so coming up on that anniversary coming up on that anniversary i'm super excited about that but yeah we, we're in cambridge we're based in cambridge but we work in the surrounding cities and we try to collect bikes fix them up and give them right back to the community all free of charge where we're trying to get more people biking we're trying to connect more people within our community because there's like there's like a couple splits we're all divided so there's a bunch of things that we're working on but Mainly, we collect bikes, and then we fix them up, and then we just give them back to the neighborhood. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember seeing your organization pop up on Facebook. You know, other people had liked the posts or something like that, and I immediately started following to see what was happening. Um, for me, I got to actually help out with one of your events this summer. Was that Cam the Cambridge Day event? What was the name of the event? Um, um, which, which month was this? In? That Sorry. That was, <laughs> yeah, I was really big. Hey, I, I helped out with your thing. Um, that was, gosh, I don't even remember. Was this like the October? Was, was this like spring or summer? Oh, it was October. In October. October. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So yeah, that was the, that was the big one. That was a nice one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was a contractor, one of the mass bike contractors with Vivian. Nice. We I came and we were helping run the bike rodeo for the kids. That nice. was really fun. That was amazing over there. And too. you gave out how many bikes? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I, we gave out 75 bikes at the event, but that night was so wild because we went back to the bike shop and now we're just hanging out and people are coming by there for bikes. So I think after the event, we still gave out another 10 bikes at the bike shop just because people are coming by. So it was a beautiful day and and we wasn't planning on giving away 80 bikes, 80 plus bikes, but yeah we did it yeah that's i mean 
that's the dream, right? Giving back all of those bikes, the kids recycling the bikes. So it's not just, you know, a network of people having to buy new and everything like that, giving to people who really need it. Um, but what, what inspired you to, to start it in the first place? You know, where did this idea come from? Tell us, tell us how it started. Yeah. So, um, we have to bring it back. So I was living in Medford and I was riding my, what was it? Um, I had, what is it? The tricycle, you have the training wheels. Now I'm riding my training wheels. (laughs) And then my cousin came over one time. How, how old were you? I was probably like six years okay, old. Okay, just checking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how it began, the, the beginning. Yeah. It was like six years old. My cousin came over and he took off my training wheels. And then he starts taking my bike and doing a pop of wheelie around the corner. Oh, nice. So now I'm like six years old and I'm looking at him like, wow, this dude is like tearing up my bike. I don't want to ride my bike no more. I want to get on my bike and do a pop of wheelie on my bike. Right. So this is how I'm like introduced to the... The biking world but to answer your question um Cambridge- oh, i mean my next question was going to be what's your bike story oh, okay, so okay, feel free okay. to get into it so um yeah so that led on for years i was just riding bikes riding bikes riding bikes and then um coronavirus happened mm-hmm. so the how this played out coronavirus happened and everybody's in the house now you can't even leave the house the gyms is closed so everybody can't work out then everybody started riding bikes. I was always riding bikes, but then like a huge percentage of people just started riding bikes. So now everybody's on bikes and everybody is just lovely outside. And then George Floyd died when George Floyd was murdered, actually. We're already riding around bikes and going on group rides and stuff. So we try to, um, yeah, we try to figure out just ways to be better individually we try to figure out ways to like help other communities. We were just trying to ha- figure out ways to just be better. We thought of some plans, some plans didn't work, or some plans, some some of our dreams was too big to work at that time. So we had to like bring it back, think of some more stuff. And then the second idea that we thought about was Cambridge Bike Give Back. And that's it. Only all good ideas is multiple things. It's not just if it's one thing, it's cool. If it's two things, it's good. But if it's like 10 things, it's really, really cool. So we're recycling. We're getting the kids out. Um, All the bikes are sold out. You can't even buy a bike at this time. And if you did, it's like triple the price. So now we're giving these people bikes for free. So it was like, yeah, it was a bunch of different things. Coronavirus, the murder of George Floyd, us wanting to be better, the trial and error of things that can work, things that can't work. And then, yeah. Thought of Cambridge Bike Give Back. Nice. It was really, really nice. Just thinking about it. 2020. Yeah, it was really, really nice. And the thing is about everything, um, you can have an idea, but you gotta uh you gotta get out there and go after your idea. I had an idea. It was j- literally just an idea. Then I went outside and I started achieving goals so I can make this idea reality and everybody has it in them. So it was a wild journey, super wild journey. So you have a, a space now, but when you first started, like, <laughs> what, was it just storing bikes somewhere? Did you get the space right away? You know, get into the nitty gritty a little bit. I want to hear yeah. how, how you really started this. Because I think, and we were just talking about this right before we started recording. You were saying, oh my gosh, a, a podcast. And it it's one of those things that's scary until you do it yourself. And so I think the same thing applies for people who might be interested in 
providing programs like this, they don't know how to start. So how did you start? Let's inspire people. Very, very nice. I like that. So um, how I started, how we started, it's a community project, but <laughs> how all of this started, we're, we had an idea, we gathered up the troops, we all have the troops now, we made one post on, um, it was one page, we just made one post, hey, if you have a bike that you don't want, give it to us, and then we'll fix it up, and then we'll give it back for free to the community, it caught on fire, I, luckily, I had a boy who had a truck at that time. So now we're just picking up bikes every day. We had a couple of different spots where you can put the bikes, but that's five to 10 bikes or something like that. And I was living in Chelsea at the time. So I just made my house in Chelsea, the, the, the bike shop. <laughs> so now we're in Chelsea. We have like, I kid you not, there's like 200 bikes in Chelsea. There's bike parts everywhere. There's bikes in the in the driveway, bikes in the basement. There's four or five bikes in my room. The living room, <laughs> there's like 40, 50 bikes. So yeah, in Chelsea, we had like our bike shop. I would invite people over like once every two weeks so they can help me fix the bikes and stuff. I would cook them food and stuff like that. And yeah, we was running everything out of Chelsea at the time. And there was like a bunch of bikes. So we was working really, really hard doing that. And then a couple of our allies from Cambridge, they reached out to us and they said, Heard you're looking for space. And we was like, yeah, we're looking for space. And then they got us in there. They got us in the Galleria Mall, too. So it's very, very nice. So if you were living in Chelsea, why Cambridge? What, oh, what so, brought so, you there? Uh, and you grew up in Medford. so just... No, 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 no. Let me, let me go back. So oh, okay. <laughs> I was born in Boston. Mm -hmm. I moved to Medford from like four years old till six. And then from six years old to like 26, I'm in Cambridge. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. so I grew up like all in Cambridge, high school and all that stuff. So did you bike all through uh, your childhood? All through that, all uh, like um, throughout what, the whole thing. What was that like? Cause I, I'll teach kids in the Cambridge school systems now and it's, it's tough. I, w I want them to ride everywhere, but you know, the streets, it's really hard. So um, what was that experience like actually biking as a kid in Cambridge? Biking as a kid in Cambridge, it's, it's, it's like we're, it's like we have a car. It's like it's like a mobile community. We can go from and there's five different parts in Cambridge. Every single part is like different, if especially if you're from Cambridge. So now we're going to every single neighborhood on our bike. If we didn't have our bike, we would have to take the train or something. But if we had our bike, we're zipping through every single neighborhood. Whoever has bikes, let's go. And then luckily Cambridge has the river. So now we can ride on the river. We're going to Boston. We're going to Watertown. We're going everywhere. So it was a, it was like a mobile community because my street went to the projects then the projects down central square and we're gathering up more and more people. We're like 14 years old. We're like 12, 13, 14 years old. So yeah, it, it was nice. It was very enjoyable as a child. I love hearing stories like that. Uh, cause what I hear and everything that you just said was it gave you freedom. It gave you freedom to move around, to see more, to do more. Learn I know, more. Learn more. Yep. I, I, you know, lived in the suburbs of Pennsylvania when I was in high school. And this type of community where you didn't do anything without a car. And sometimes that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, when I moved to Boston for school and had internships, I realized that it was just the most effective way to get around the city if I wanted to get anywhere in a timely manner and not own a car. So uh, I love 
that that was the community you were able to build for yourself, you know, when we're, we're talking about all this stuff. Um, so was this your first foray into kind of the biking community and, and giving back to the biking community? Had you been involved in anything in Boston before that? Uh, I can honestly say that, uh, yeah, I was a troubled kid before, before all this stuff, before I started doing Cambridge bike give back. Yeah. I was a little troubled. There was things going on in my life that I was dealing with. Um, people knew this thing and you know, um, yeah, I wasn't really doing nothing for the community to be honest. I wasn't. I wasn't accusing you in that way. <laughs> no, no, no. But everybody needs to hold themselves accountable. And mm. hopefully I can motivate more people. Like, yeah, I wasn't doing nothing for the community. But right now I am doing something for the community. And that's what I think we all should be doing. You know, we got to work on the foundation. We need to work with our neighbors. It starts with your neighbors. Just go work with your neighbors. Be friendly with your neighbors. And that ties into everything. So at first I was a part of the community, but not really doing anything for the community but i can honestly say now that i'm a better person i can see better i'm with better friends allies new family members so yeah before not so much now i'm loving it that's amazing that's you know obviously been a theme throughout all of my conversations is this need for community and so i love that that's unintentionally the thread that keeps coming up every single time i talk to people um, but moving uh, past that a little bit, so I got a little bit of your bike story, but, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I got most of your bike story. <laughs> um, started when you were six, taking those training wheels I off. I can give you some more bike stories. Yeah, I want to I wanna hear more about, um, you know, tell, tell us some stories about got, biking in Cambridge. So um, one that keeps on popping up between me and my friends and stuff Um so we collect bikes from every organization. We're getting them from you, colleges. We're getting I was just going to ask if there's anyone you want to shout out. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, um, Bikes Not Bombs. Shout out to Bikes oh, Not absolutely, Bombs. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because they're like the gods of this thing right now. Mm -hmm. So they help out a lot. They, they are direct business partner, good friends, hang out with them all the time, rides. So definitely shout out to them. And then there's other schools. There's Brandeis, Harvard University. MIT University, Transit Police, Boston Police. So we're getting bikes from all these organizations. And it feels good because the first, it's a full circle because when I was a young, and I told you I was troubled, around like 14 years old, the first time I ever got arrested was for stealing a bike in Cambridge. And this is at MIT. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's another add-on. We are not, when we was kids, we didn't have money for a bike. We ha had a couple of ways to get a bike. One of those ways was to steal a bike. So now the organization that me and the community is running right now, we're trying to erase that. Don't let these kids have an option to steal a bike when we're giving away bikes for free, especially if it's a two-day to one-week wait for a bike. Mm -hmm. Now these kids don't have to go to MIT to steal these bikes and stuff. So sometimes I'm sitting back and I'm realizing like the real full circle of being troubled, not doing nothing for the community, to actually helping out the community and seeing that, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be all right. I love that. Yeah. You, you said you had more than one story, too. Oh. Lay it on me. I want to hear them. Tell me all your stories. Okay, 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 I love okay. these. Um, 
How about an, a story where I need advice? Sure. All right, perfect. <laughs> we were coming across these times where we're throwing events, and as we're throwing the events, we don't know the proper way to give away bikes. We're giving away free bikes here. So if we say it's a raffle, everybody's not going to get a bike. If we say, hey, let's make a list of people a week in advance, everybody's still not going to get a bike. If we bring 85 bikes, <laughs> everybody's still not going to get a bike. So we, we, there is some hiccups. There is some little speed bumps where we always come across. And that's one of them, like having a problem on giving away bikes in the best way because we have these great events, but then we see those three or four kids, like five kids that come up to us like with their parents. And it's like, oh, we need this bike. We wanted a bike. And it's like, oh, man. So there's things that we need help with. You should give me some advice on that. I don't know which direction this is going to go. But yeah, the tri that's one thing that we're coming across. And we just don't know how to it like officially give away free bikes. Is it that you need more human power to get them fixed up fast enough? No, it's it's uh it's just more about if we bring 200 bikes, there's got to be 250 people wanting bikes. Mm. If we have a um an event and it's like, "Hey, first come first serve," then there's just got to be some people not served and sometimes people come from out of the community in the community to get bikes. <clears throat> that's perfectly fine, but then the people who are in the community they see that and they don't get a bike. So it's a little wild. It's all the plus. Everybody's getting a bike. But then just to see those people's faces at the event, that kind of hurts. Oh, I mean, I don't have any great <laughs> advice for that. <laughs> that is some stuff that I, we're going through. It's kind of, yeah, it has I mean, me up late at night. Yeah. It, I mean, talk about, you know, you could have worse problems, I suppose. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean... I'm going to throw this out to the listener community because yes, I don't think I'm the right you. person to answer this, but <laughs> I'm going to put this out on the socials, the listener yes, community. Like Has anyone that. dealt with this? Does anyone have any advice for Lana? Cause we can, we can try to source some answers. For As you. a community. I like that. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can come across anything. If it's a community, the thing is we just got to stick together and we got to be on the same page. Unity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just send that vibration out. I like that amazing mm -hmm. um okay so let's shift gears a little bit pun intended <laughs> uh you know i i was telling you that part of the reason i wanted to do this was to not only highlight people doing amazing things in the city because i think the cambridge bike give back program is amazing yeah. um but you know as we said before this you're not just that bike guy you're not just this one thing you're a whole human so you know tell me a little bit more about what you do outside of biking yeah before all this stuff started going on I was a chef I was cooking in the 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 bigger restaurants the fancy restaurants I started as a bus boy and mm -hmm. then I worked my way all the way up to sous chef and nice. chef and all that good stuff that was uh, enjoyable that was super enjoyable uh, I could be creative there but unfortunately I still had to listen to somebody <laughs> and that somebody I like never met him before like the owner of these companies I've never mm. never met these people and I'm over here busting busting my ass for nine dollars ten dollars an hour you know what I mean so these are things that are in the back of my head that 
I would rather work for my community because the other the other side of that is kind of like working for somebody you really don't even know. And you're just making him a billion dollars mm-hmm. as he's sitting back with his socks on, probably not caring about any community. So, yeah. Um, but would you say you like cooking? So like a, I, I enjoy cooking, but there's a lot of things that I need. I, I'll cook if I'm hungry. Um, I don't <laughs> really invite people over no more. I used to invite people over in, in feast time. You know what I mean? But I, d- I don't. I try to stay away from that now because creatively, I have too many things going on. We're like doing the bike shop. We're back in the neighborhood. It's a bunch of stuff. I And it's just in the back of my head. It's, it's kind of like messed me up because I don't really want to. I don't think anybody should really we can partner with people let's do a partnership let, let me shake your hand let's do a partnership I, I think everybody should be out there and be creative and get your dreams off and work more towards that you know what I mean but yeah hopefully one day creatively I can get back into the the cooking idea and cook for people whether if it's even for an event or something yeah do you yeah. have a favorite like type of food <laughs> my favorite, i know i'm the hard-hitting question no 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 that's good i like that. i like these questions the, my favorite type of food is like a uh mexican dish like a central yeah like a salvadorian dish Ooh. that's what i want and yeah i apologize i have an enchilada crockpot right now <laughs> you probably smell it yeah <laughs> that that's like the best for me i love that and it's every year it's got to be something different like a couple years ago, it was sushi, mm-hmm. and then it went to like Cajun. I was going with the Cajun flavor for a long time, but yeah, yeah. I'm also a father. I'm an mm-hmm. uncle. Nice. I have an older brother. I have an older sister. I have a, a very healthy family. That's everybody's a comedian in the family. Everybody's talking shit and having fun. I have a, a beautiful team helping me succeed all these goals, and it's not even bike related goals. It's just becoming a better person. I yeah. Have, like people watching over me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. I'm definitely that person. My family nudges someone after I've said something. I'm like, that was funny. You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> 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 how, uh, how old is your kid? My son is 12 years old. 12. Yeah. He, Preteen. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. He was um, born 12 pounds, five ounces. Oh, my ounces. God. Yeah, yeah, so you know weights. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. My, my little, my, I call him my little nephew because he's younger, but he was 10 pounds, and wow. that already seemed big. His yeah. head was as big as his three-year-old brother's head. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of big babies in the family. But my son, my only son, he is 12 years old, and he's, he's a genius at this point. He's like a nice. smart kid. He's having fun. He's doing great in school. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews. We always hang out and trying to do whatever they want to do. If they say they want to do it, I'm trying to push them to do it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, fun stuff over there. Family stuff, fun stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of time with my two nephews. They yeah. live about four and a half miles from here. So oh, I... is your family still in PA or? No, no, no. That was just high school. We oh, moved there. Oh, that was there. just high school. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, um, 
actually was born in Maine and then moved to Pennsylvania briefly for six years. And then my sisters and I didn't like it. So we <laughs> all went to school in Massachusetts. Nice. Um, and so my parents, other than being retired to a sailboat, which I realize sounds super bougie, um, <laughs> it's not as fancy as it sounds. They live very thirsty. It's more <laughs> like being in just like a tiny home. Um, but, but it's still a boat though, right? It's still a boat. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, th so my sisters live nearby. My parents aren't, aren't really in the area except okay. for the summer. Nice. Um, but yeah, but my nephews are right in Belmont. So oh, I nice. like going over it. They love biking. So that's one of, that was one of the true joys during the pandemic. Cause they were my, um, my COVID pod. Mm. Cause I could go and visit them whenever I wanted. Cause I live here with just a roommate and, uh, we would go biking because nice. that was an activity that we could do and we could go outside. And so I take these little videos of me biking with my nephew. It was just super cute. <laughs> Very nice. So my son was, uh, he was, it was probably like three years ago and I bought him this bike so he can start biking with us. Nice. But the bike was huge. I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm going to get him this big bike. So when he's small, he's going to have to pick it up the stairs. He's getting stronger. <laughs> he's going to have to fall down and he's going to have to catch himself. So now he still has the same big bike and he's just tearing up the road. He's like, he's like a couple of levels above everybody riding bikes. And I'm like, I'm glad that I did that. Nice. Man. He's like a big mountain bike. So yeah, he's definitely He's doing road. the wheelies and the. No, 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 no. He's not doing the wheelies. I try to teach it. It's kind of hard to teach kids how to do wheelies because they don't want to, they don't want to fall down and hit themselves. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? When we was kids, for some reason, we didn't care about that. But when I see the kids around here doing it, I'm always so impressed because, and that, it, that's what I talked to Tiffany about. We mm. were talking about that interview is that that lack of fear that I had as a kid came <laughs> back strong as an adult. <laughs> so the idea of doing a wheelie now is terrifying, but I'm always really impressed. Yeah. So that's much the best strength. way to ride. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And these kids are different now. They're dancing as they're doing wheelies and stuff. We didn't do that as kids. Maybe we would do a little circle, mm -hmm. but these kids are like jumping on their bike and dancing. I, take my hat off to stuff like that <laughs> it's very very nice i'm not gonna try it but it's very nice it yeah. looks cool as hell too yeah well you know we just gotta give them space to to grow and continue that because it's amazing and i want to see it keep happening so. absolutely um well tell me um a little bit about you know next stage is what what's next for cambridge bike give back so we have one month goals we have three month goals we have five month goals one year goals five mm -hmm. year goals um we definitely want to branch out to the surrounding cities we definitely want to make sure that we're staying connected with all our allies uh yeah it's it's a slow process but we're just trying to grow as much as possible we're trying to obviously give away more bikes this year coming up than we did last year that's something we always want to do we yeah there's a bunch of stuff whether if it's hats hoodies we need stickers we need to start branding social media we need to be mm -hmm. up on our game on social media a lot more so as far as the small goals yeah we got some small goals that we're still trying to accomplish definitely definitely still tied into the community what are the you know five-year goals what are your what are your big plans for this so Five-year goals. Well, that's kind of far out. But not like, really. It, not yeah. really. So five-year goals. Let's say, let's say, like, <laughs> let's say, like, seven-year goals. Okay. We need, we need, all right, and it all comes back down to the same thing. Everything's a full circle. So mm -hmm. we need 
what uh, Alana Mulligan did for us in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She got us a, a place in the mall where we can work peacefully with no problems. Bunch of and who's Alana? Sorry, that's she your... is a city council of Cambridge. Awesome. She heard that we was looking for space, and she's very tied into the community. She heard that, and then she went out and that's she made amazing. it happen. So definitely want to shout her out as well. So when she got us the space, she knew we needed a safe place where black and brown people can go and just be better people, and it's a direct connect to the community. So in seven years, we need this same space times a hundred. We need land. We need people growing food. We need to teach kids how to do what they want. Hey, like put a hundred things in a room, whatever that kid picks up first, whoever knows how to do whatever, if it's a saxophone, whoever's the expert on saxophones, go get that kid. We got to, we got to push them to do whatever they want. I think he was hinting this too earlier. So we have a space. It's super small. We're accomplishing goals, but in seven years, we need land. We need buildings. We need to teach these kids to um, do the things that's going to actually make them better off. You know, there's so many distractions out here. Reality TV, we all like it, but huge distraction. It's taking away from you actually achieving your dream and goals. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we want to catch the kids. We want to catch the youth at a free space, a free thinking space socially thinking all that stuff we want to catch them before it's too late before they're in mit stealing a bike <laughs> before they're 14 years old stealing a bike at mit the dumbest thing to do so that's the name of the game the bikes is it's it's very beautiful and we want to continue giving away bikes but no it's so we got to catch these kids these kids it's too many different outlets too many different routes it can end down george floyd that's a route it could end. We want to catch these kids before the distraction catches them. Because when the distraction catches them, it's harder to bring them back. And I've seen it with my, we all seen it. Not just me, we all seen it. Yeah, I think what I like about that, uh, and we've danced around it, but we haven't all out said it, which is that capitalism is a problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Capitalism oh, no. is... Go. No, capitalism is this is what you should do and explain capitalism. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. It just this, um, the society that we live in that you got to work, you got to make that money, but you know, some people have more of an advantage and can be that big boss at a restaurant who's telling you what to do so you can make yeah. them money kind of yeah. thing versus, you know, and, and a lot of that stems from, um, you know, when we were kids growing up and everyone said, you got to go to college, you got to go yeah. to college, you got to go to college. That's how you're going to make money. Mm. And now we have a massive student loan debt problem because all of these students who probably could have gone to vocational school or maybe didn't need that college education got forced into it because that was the thing they were supposed to do because that was the thing that was going to make the money. And what I hear from you is, no, let's let's create a space where we teach them things they really need to know, yeah. whether it's going through some sort of apprenticeship program, music, um, learning how to make it their own food, yeah. all of the things that are valuable skills instead of, you know, teaching kids yeah okay don't get me wrong i'm glad i learned math but <laughs> <laughs> i 
I also would have liked to learn how to calculate tip or yeah. know that if I take out a loan, I'm still going to be paying it back 30 years later. Yeah. So my taxes, my taxes, I mean? yeah. right? So teaching them the skills that are really going to set them up for success. That's what we're shooting for. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful to see people on the same page because you think about these things. But when other people say how you just said it, ah, I can like exhale. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lana, is there anything else that you want to share that you want the world to know about you? I need, uh, I need more followers on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right, Cambridge by give back on Instagram. <laughs> that I need more followers. I'm, I, I'm, I'm bad with those questions. I just want everybody to be happy. Everybody be peaceful. Mm -hmm. Let's connect more. We need a, um, I don't know if people have a safe space where people can go out and hang out, invite me. I want to come. Let's go brainstorm and accomplish some goals. Yeah, I'm I'm active. I'm ready to go. Awesome. And it's the winter, too. So I know it's so tough in winter. Are you going to run any rides or anything? What kind of events you have coming up in the spring? <laughs> my friends, my friends think that I'm doing a century ride. No, they don't think that. Is I that said, part of the one that um, Liz Rock is doing? I think so. <laughs> And I'm like, no way. I'm, there's no way. And I don't know if it's the same one, but um, my homeboy, Domrick, he's saying, oh, you should do this ride with us. And I'm like, what's a century ride? He's like, you've been doing it for 100. No, it's 100 miles. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing 100 miles. I like riding bikes. I'm tapping out at like 40 miles, 100 miles. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, Donrick Pond. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, you know, wheelie king of the, wi Boston. the wheelie god. Such yeah. a good guy, wheelie god. Man. That's probably a better way to phrase yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like a king at doing the wheelies. He like would do a wheelie for the whole protest. I, I'm not. Oh, I can't my God. Even. I, it's so impressive. Yeah. And then he does the surf move that I always really love. Oh, standing on the bike. Yeah. He like takes his he puts both feet on one side and kind of holds oh, it yeah, down yeah, like he's yeah, windsurfing. Yeah, yeah. I did see him do that. Yeah. Good guy, man. <laughs> I was with him the other day. Good guy, man. See, that's the thing. Um, When I grew up in Cambridge, I'm meeting really, really nice people. It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes I was going to school with them. Sometimes we ended up working together. But we was kind of like, that was going to happen regardless, I mm -hmm. feel like. But the allies I'm meeting now, it's like I had to step out of my bubble to go fight for something that other people are fighting for. And then the relationships I make, I'm making now is just like, it's no comparison, but it's so beautiful just meeting people like Dom, meeting people like you, meeting people like Peter, Elijah, like all these people. Like, So, yeah, it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be doing what we're doing right now. I 100% agree with that. Um, I've definitely met a lot of people in the last two years that I didn't know were in the city, like you, that yeah. I'm really excited to talk to. Nice. Um, but, yeah, so... I think that that covers everything we wanted to cover today. So. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Final question, plugs. I know Instagram, right? Cambridge Instagram. by Give Back. Yeah. <laughs> you have a Facebook group. A Facebook group at Cambridge by Give Back. Uh, you can always check out our stuff at CambridgeByGiveBack.org. Mm -hmm. I want to thank my team for helping me, the whole community, the whole city, all the allies, everything. All that. I don't. I don't want to say people. I'm gonna miss out on people. It's just hundreds of people. It's like that, the acceptance speech. You don't yeah, want to forget anybody. I don't want to forget everybody. But seriously, all the organizations that helped out with everything, bless y'all. We're trying to do um, twice as many things next year as we did this year. So, yeah, buckle up. Excellent. I'm gonna keep an eye on all those socials and see what you're up to and and try to get involved as much as I can. Nice. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Um. That that that's a wrap. Woo!
That's a wrap on episode seven, folks. Friends, I know I said last time that you should come for a winter ride with me. And then I had to put on the social and the Facebook that the ride was postponed. But for real, I am having my fifth annual hot cocoa and infrastructure spotting ride this weekend on Saturday. Please come out and join me. You can meet uh, at in Lower Alston at a place called The Grove. It's really that green space between Trader Joe's and the Swiss Bakers kind of nestled in between Western Ave and North Harvard Ave. So I will be there at 10 a.m. We're going to roll out at 1030 and it's going to be a beautiful day as we hit up a couple of hot cocoa places. We'll probably be out for a few hours as we check out the latest infrastructure and just have some fun together. Um, I promise it's really happening and I would love to see you out there with me. With that out of the way, a big thank you to Tiffany Remy, Zay, and Lonel for coming and chatting with me on this episode. The theme and music is by the extremely talented Kate Hardley. Don't forget her album, West, is now available. Listen, it's incredible, at katehardley.bandcamp.com. The podcast is hosted, produced, recorded, and edited by me, Laura Jillian, with an honorable mention to Watson the Bike Dog for his contribution throughout the show. For more information about the show and biking, you can visit my website, brandonista.com. Follow my adventures in biking and more behind the scenes of the pod at randonista on Instagram and randonista on YouTube. And you can see Watson's biking adventures at Watson the Bike Dog on Instagram. If you like the show, please rate and review it in the podcast app of your choice. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. And now, your Watson moment. Randonista. <laughs> he wants to be on the mic he does he gets to be on the mic almost every single time i get at least one bark in mm-hmm. right watson <laughs> that face he's just annoyed because you're not sitting on the couch so he can snuggle with you mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to sit in his lap Aw. Yeah, just settle down, Watson. Just snuggle. He loves snuggling in people's laps. There you go. Yeah, he's really trying to snuggle for real. Yeah.